0: Is a robo-advisor cheaper than me? Yeah, they are. There's going to be a lot less planning opportunities around that. If you just strictly need an investment lineup and that's it, and you kind of like doing some of this your own, but need a little bit of guidance and think a computer is better to do all that, then a robo-advisor is a fit. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery.
1: Well, we're opening up the mailbag, this episode of Perfect Game Retirement, answering your questions, the things you've sent in to the show, things that are on your mind. They cover a wide variety, which is why we love doing this, chance to kind of cover a number of topics kind of quickly, kind of shoot through some things. And hopefully over the course of the show, you'll find something that really connects with you, maybe something you learn along the way. That is the goal for this episode. Let me welcome in Ryan Ledden, he is president and financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management. Ryan, how's it going?
0: Oh, it's going well. I'm looking forward to this. We always we always do a mailbag. It seems like, but it's usually just kind of one question. But. I like uh, you had a good idea of doing a, a mailbag show and just having a wide variety of different answers and some will pertain to some and some will pertain to others, but I think uh, I think there's a lot of good questions here that, that people can, can pull some good value out of it.
1: Yeah, no question. And we're going to go through those today and, and you can send in your questions to blackoakam.com if you have them. That's where we'll pull them from, bring them to the show and do our best to answer based on the information that you provide, but before we get into the mailbag, I, I wanted to ask you about um, some stuff that's been in the news quickly. You know, there there's a lot of talk about unemployment benefits and just the, the difficulty a lot of businesses and small businesses especially are have having just hiring people. Um, you know, the number of Americans filing for unemployment right now has fallen to its lowest level since the beginning of the pandemic. What have you heard from your clients who own businesses or just other business owners that you might know? about their staffing situation uh, compared to 18 months ago is it as bad as as we're hearing?
0: Yeah, that's it's it's kind of conflicting information sometimes cuz you wonder like what what is actually going on. So, yeah, unemployment seems to be ticking down, which obviously means people are getting jobs. However, right. A lot of people that I talk to, that is not the case. Um, you still see you know sign-up bonuses at you know, racetracks and QTs. And I mean, you name it, they're like, really? You're offering a sign-in bonus to get a job at a gas station. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, they're not gas stations anymore. I meant to say convenience store. Sorry. <laughs> but I mean, great. I love those places, but I cannot believe that they're offering a sign-up bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, you know, $200 sign-up bonus. then taxes are taken out of that. And it's really not hardly anything <laughs> when, right. when it's all said and done. So I hear and see the stats from a national level, cause that's part of my job to keep up with stuff like that. Not that it, you know, really changes what I do from an investment philosophy standpoint, but I need to stay in tune with things like that. But yet I talk to countless people, the leads that we get in per month from the Dave Ramsey website. Um, I mean, we get a ton. I mean, it's, it's probably close to a hundred, if not more per month. Of people that are potentially interested in talking to us or another advisor that pops up on the um, on the Dave Ramsey site, but when I have conversations with people like small business owners, they cannot find help, and I'm like, well, what what is going on? So it's hard to put your finger on right now. It's it's definitely a, a, a quirky time, <laughs> no no doubt. Because then we're on you know are we on the cusp of you know coronavirus part two shutdown? Um, We don't know as the recording of this show. Yeah. I mean, all the cases are upticking and Uh you know, people getting vaccinated are are continuing to go up. So, you know, people are still getting the the Delta variant, but it seems like the the symptoms aren't as bad. And now that's a blanket statement. So I know there's going to be one-offs that that's not the case, but anyway, so it's just strange. But when I hear information coming out of the news media that unemployment keeps taking down. So they love that, which I think the numbers actually um, come out today for, for the weekly report, but we'll see what those numbers do. But you still see help wanted signs everywhere. So I'm, I'm
1: kind of scratching my head still. Yeah, it's a very unique situation we find ourselves in. I mean, it's a great time if you're a younger person looking for their first job or early employment, right? Even even picking up that extra hundred bucks just to start a job. That Remember back when you were young, that goes a long way. Oh my
0: gosh. I, it's funny. You just say that my daughter will be 11 in November. I'm like, oh, sweetheart, I wish you were old enough to work because your butt would be working right now. So, and we were having this conversation about how, again, kids have no concept of money sometimes, but right. she's like, well, how much do you get paid per hour? I'm like, well, really, I guess I could break it down per hour, but it really doesn't work like that. But, um, then she said, uh, she asked about somebody else that we know. She's like, they, they get paid like $300 an hour. I'm like, probably not. <laughs> um, <laughs> based off of their job. I'm like, no, probably not making that much. Well, then how much? So I would kind of tell her what, what minimum wage is and what that concept means. But yeah. you know, most people get paid more than minimum wage. And so she's like, so you get every hour you work, you get that dollar amount. I'm like, yeah. So if you work four or five hours, you get that dollar amount times five. I didn't even go into the whole taxes discussion because just the hourly wage was blowing her mind. Um, but then I'll start getting into federal and state and FICA and Medicare. And <laughs> right. that may, that may dishearten her a little bit, but, uh, anyway, so yeah, just, I, I wish
1: my kids were old enough to work cause they would be. Well, that's cool that she's asking those questions at that age. I, yeah. I think that's probably pretty rare for a lot of people. So you're mm-hmm. raising her right. All right. Let's get into some <laughs> back questions, Ryan, today we've got yeah. a number to get to, so let's jump on them. We'll start off with Charles who, who says I've been very blessed and probably have more money and investments than I'll need during my life. Should I start giving away money to my kids and grandkids now so they don't have to worry as much about the state taxes and probate costs?
0: That could be a really long-winded answer right there, but I like your thanking Charles and kudos to you for this is not a normal question. <laughs> so good for you for having more money than you think you may have. So that means you saved and were diligent and that's that's great. So right now, and, and Charles, you didn't put this in your question, so I don't know if, you're, if you have a spouse or not, Charles, but Right now, the estate tax limit is is over 11 million dollars per person. So if you're married, that's over 22 million. Um, well over 22 million that you can essentially give to your beneficiaries and not pay estate taxes. Now, again, um, obviously tax discussions, specific tax discussion that has to be with a, with a CPA. And, but you also, in this situation, you wanna get an attorney, estate planning attorney involved with this because there are some planning opportunities here. Um, and I don't wanna go into the litany of different things that you could, you could do from a planning standpoint, whether it's living trust, um, obviously having a will, revocable trust the differences between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust oh my gosh there's a ton of planning opportunities there depending on how much you have charles uh so if if you're you know below that 11 million uh, dollar amount then there's some things you don't need to worry about as much but here's what i do think charles i'm not don't have a crystal ball but obviously the new tax code should be coming out pretty soon as the recording of this show it had not has not come out yet for what is probably going to be for 2022 i do think estate taxes are going to change in my humble opinion that's a very high limit and in, in the not so distant past they've been as low as 500 thousand, 000 um, even around a million as well so anyone who had a net worth over those amounts you were paying estate taxes and they can be high and they can really take a chunk out of people's estates so As we sit today, um, again, I don't know your net worth, Charles, but there's some definitely planning opportunities to do that. Now, how you give that money away, I mean, you can be very, very specific that certain people don't get, they get certain amounts of money when they reach certain milestones in their life, whether it's age, graduation, married, I mean, you can script this out as specific as, as you want, Charles. So that's up to you. Every kid's different on how they handle money. Um, we always, you know, in our families, we a lot of times have those problem kids. <laughs> so, you know, from when it comes to a money standpoint, so you may be, want to be a little bit more specific with them. So that's totally up to you. But getting a CPA, an advisor, and an estate planning attorney all in your corner, I think coming up with a cohesive plan is a great idea. Uh, and then you may want to think about charities too, uh, giving it to to charities, whether it's your church or an organization that means a lot to you. Uh, there's a lot of planning opportunities there, especially if you have uh, IRA or uh, pre-tax money, qualified money, a lot of planning opportunities with charities in that situation.
1: Yeah. Great question. And again, a good reminder that as we go through these, you know, we're not going to get as much information as as Ryan would need to answer these things thoroughly. So, You'll always want to follow up with him afterwards, blackoakam.com. Next question is from William. Uh, Investing for retirement seems simple to me. Why not just invest in dividend-paying stocks, live off the dividends, and never dip into your principal? Uh, I guess <laughs> that's one approach. Um,
0: obviously, there, I think being a comprehensive planner there's so much more that goes into that uh, I think that's that should be an obvious statement for, for me because maybe it maybe that statements a little biased because uh, of what I do for a living and if it was that simple I don't think there would be any advisors out there just yeah place it in blue chip stocks that spit off a dividend and then you're good well dividends aren't guaranteed uh, so that's and you can say oh well they've always given out well sure but they can change that a, a company can change that in a blink of an eye and dividends constantly change whether they give them out or not but the amount constantly change and even when an individual stock gives a dividend usually the share price decreases by that same amount so Hmm. it's not like you're getting the dividend on top of the share price not changing so some people don't recognize that on their account statements that and it's probably not a large amount that goes down from a share price so you may not even see it or notice it but it does um so there's a lot more to it Uh, William I I respect the statement and and the the question it does make sense but you would probably dividend rates what they are now and again every company is a little different when they do pay off a dividend you'd have to have a pretty good chunk of money um, honestly and it depends on lifestyle too, William so there's there's some nuances there that I don't know but I think there's a lot more to it William uh, especially when you start factoring in uh, Social Security you start factoring in taxes insurance planning so there's a lot to it. It's not quite that simple, but is it an approach? Sure. It could work for you, William. Um, and again, that's where people who take that approach, then that obviously respectfully, William, that, you know, wouldn't be an ideal situation for us to work with someone. Cause if it's just all in uh, dividend paying stocks, there's no maintenance from an advisor to, to do so respectfully, you could just, you know, do that on your own. And, and collect the dividends off of that. And if it creates enough income for you and you have no debt and your lifestyle is, it fits within your lifestyle, more power to you, William. So that's awesome. If, if you can do that, great. There's usually a lot more nuances to it in most people's lives, but it
1: definitely is an approach you could do. Yeah. And I don't think uh, most people just are that clear that dividends aren't guaranteed, right? I mean, I, right. It, it, it seems obvious, but You know, I don't think that's something that gets talked about a lot. So I would even imagine in 2020, if you were living off dividends, you wouldn't have been feeling too good about Mm -hmm. how much you're spending, right? (laughs) That's right. Um, But thanks for the question, William, for sure. Victoria, uh, I'm in my late 40s and have fallen in love with my tennis partner. We're thinking about getting married, which would obviously be great. My only concern is that he's almost 60 and I'm worried about what happens if he's retired and I'm still working for another 10 years or so. Can this work financially?
0: Uh, so I, I've come across this quite a bit. I have some clients that are in this situation. Um, and, and some people will be shocked to hear that I'm a marriage counselor part of the time too. Um, <laughs> people didn't know that. <laughs> um, so Victoria in, in this situation, sure that this, this happens quite a bit. Um, it's not as uncommon as, as people think. So it boils down to planning Victoria. Um, and, and so if we can create a plan, where if your potential, um, cause you said you're thinking about getting married, your potential future husband, if he's at a point where he wants to retire at a certain age, well, okay, what are what are you doing, Victoria? If you want to maybe retire the same time he does, or if you do wanna keep working, let's try to do it where you guys retire at the same time. So it's gonna be very important for you, Victoria, to, to create that bridge account where it's a an investment account that's not locked up until you're 59 and a half so it's basically a brokerage or an investment account where you can save with after-tax dollars and it's liquid you can get to it so that's a good account to bridge hence the nickname bridge account to bridge age let's just say 52 until you get to 59 and a half where all your retirement accounts are so a lot just depends on lifestyle and income what you guys need at that point now if you have to work then you have to work Uh, maybe it's more on a part-time basis or maybe which is a very relevant thing today is working at home more so you're not always at the office and not being able to see um, your future husband so there's a lot of things that go into it it boils down to planning so uh, try to start planning and mapping this stuff out if you know if you're in your late 40s and you want to get done early uh, potentially, when your future h- husband does, let's start making a plan and start saving accordingly to where you can pull that money out and not have to give the government any more than
1: they uh, than they deserve. Very good. Thank you for that question, Victoria. Our next one is from Gabe. He says I have a retirement savings spread out between my 401k, two IRAs, a Roth, and several mutual funds purchased with after-tax dollars. Which account should I start withdrawing from first?
0: Oh, great question, Gabe. Um, Again, I could really nerd out on this because it does depend. There's gonna be some gurus out there, and I guess you could put me underneath that title guru, but there's a lot of gurus out there who think you have to do specific accounts at certain times. Now, Gabe, that kind of goes back to the last question from Victoria. If she's gonna retire before age 59 and a half, how much are in those mutual funds that you have purchased? so if we're going to retire early those will be the ones we'll probably need to target first uh, because your 401k two iras and a roth really need to stay there until 59 and a half now there's some nuances of 401k if it's still at the 401k uh, you can start taking money out at 55. if it's still inside the 401k a roth ira you can take your cost basis or your principal amount out before 59 and a half again if you work with an advisor, definitely talk to them about that. So, there are some things you can do beforehand, but ideally, those after tax uh, mutual funds are probably the first thing to access. Now, if you're beyond 59 and a half, yeah, it 100% matters which account, and it's not necessarily what you pull from first. So the, the question is, I, I totally get the question, but it's, it may be little pieces of each. And, and what I mean by that is, okay, how much pre-tax money do we have? I, I see you have a 401k. Well, do you have Roth dollars in that 401k, Gabe? The two IRAs, obviously that's pre-tax, but maybe you have some non-deductible contributions in there, so are there some after-tax dollars inside of an IRA? Roth. Obviously, how much do we have there? So again, going back to Victoria, having a plan for how you pull this money out is going to determine what tax rate you're in. And tax rates, again, which we talked about a ton on this show, is is a big thing that I love planning around. Again, not a CPA, but I love planning around it because Depending on what your Social Security benefit is, if you do get Social Security, Gabe, and that's not a conspiracy theorist um, uh, statement, I do think people are going to get Social Security, but you may not have paid into it, Gabe. So you may be a pension employee who didn't pay into it. But if you have Social Security coming one day, a lot depends on how much taxable income you do have because a Roth IRA is not taxable income. Uh, Some of the money you take out of those mutual funds is going to be some of your principal amount or your cost basis. That is not taxable either. So again, and and this even goes back to William, the the dividend paying stock question. So there's so many little nuances here. The good thing is you have options, Gabe. Some people it's just 401k and social security. That's it. There's not a whole lot of planning around taxes from that standpoint. So uh, definitely sitting down with someone, Gabe, and, and going through which is the most efficient way. Because if you pull it out, and you're saving on taxes, that means you don't have to pay, take out as much, which means your portfolio is going to last a
1: whole lot longer. Yeah. Great question, Gabe. That's something I think a lot of people will have to think through at some point and something you want to be discussing with your advisor. All right. Karen's next. She says, what's your opinion of the robo-advisor stuff? I've been hearing about it. Is it something worth looking into? Robo-advisors
0: are terrible, Karen.
1: I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs>
0: They can be a fit. They they really can. Uh, some people it's a fit for, and that's why they're, they're a huge, vastly growing portion of our industry is the, is the robo advisor. It's It's different strokes for different folks. I mean, if you want that type where it's obviously going to cost less, is a robo advisor cheaper than me? Yeah, they are. You just, there's going to be a lot less planning opportunities around that. If you, just, if you just strictly need an investment lineup and that's it, and you kind of like doing some of this your own, but need a little bit of guidance and think a computer is better to do all that, then a robo-advisor is a fit. Now, there's obviously been a ton of hiccups and a lot of uh, issues with some of these robo-advisors from the technology standpoint, whether, you know, you're you were able to trade or rebalance your account because of a mad rush of people trying to do the same thing. So there's some glitches uh, there as well. I mean, with, with most financial advisory firms, now a lot of the portfolios are have to do with the computer and technology. I mean, we put people in portfolios that are constructed toward them, but then the software, checks for that sort of thing so obviously technology has made my job easier from a standpoint where we can take on more clients because it's not as time-consuming going through each and every account the software checks for that sort of thing so our trading software hat reads their portfolio which is essentially what a robo-advisor does there's just a lot let there's there's hardly any planning around that okay ask your robo-advisor to come up with an income plan based off of these variables well good luck with that that's not going to happen. So, um, you know, there's planning software that you can plug in your own stuff. So it's, it's more for do it yourself or Karen. So you can certainly do that. Um, it's just going to be, you may not get totally out of it what you need, but if it's just an investment portfolio and that's all you need and don't want to pay an advisor to do that, that's, that's an opportunity or, or an avenue to go down.
1: I just feel like you'd want to have that ability to, to ask specific questions, go back and forth, have those conversations, right? I feel like that's a big part of this, this process.
0: It is because money's emotional and a computer is not emotional. Um, and so that's where the coaching component comes out uh, of helping people. That's where it's hard to put a, a value on the advice that myself or any advisor gives. So if we can coach people out of making a bad decision then or coach people into a good decision, uh, that that's where we justify our fee. It's not because... Oh, I'm gonna beat the market by my fee. That's, that's how I justify. Well, then I'm not gonna have clients very long because there's gonna be some years where I beat it, some years I don't, some years I break even with it because there's so much more to it than just rates of return. Mm-hmm. And if people just want rates of return, use a robo or yeah. do it yourself. I mean, that's, that's essentially what it's for. And again, that's, that's perfectly fine, but you hit the nail on the head, Ben. It's, you want to usually ask a human being this
1: question uh, because it is so emotionally tied. I just think about the automated phone systems that you have to deal with for customer <laughs> service. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yes. Yes. Representative. Representative. That's all I can think about saying on this kind of calls. Yep. All right. Let's go one more question. Uh, time for one more. It's from Holly. She says, my neighbor retired two years ago and has decided that he needs to go back to work because money is too tight. I just retired last month and I think we're fine, but now I'm a little worried about uh, the same thing might happening to me. How can I make sure that I don't have to go back to work?
0: Um, there's a reoccurring theme here, Ben. Um, yep. Planning, 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 (laughs) planning. Um, if you have done that Holly and it's, it sounds like you have to some degree, especially if you feel pretty confident that you think we're fine, well, go sit down, whether it's a, with a fee only, uh, advisor or a fee-based advisor, go to someone who this is their specialty, uh, and, and taking people, giving people a retirement plan. Um, that's what we do. That's what a lot of people do and a lot of advisors do so that's kind of our niche is that pre-retiree or new retiree who's just now getting into it and how we how we decumulate assets because decumulate assets is a complete 182 accumulation of assets it's just a completely different method to the madness on how it's done how the money's taking out uh taken out of your account so there there's a lot to it some people can do the accumulation phase by themselves on their own they have their 401k they're plugging it in there and then they retire now what how do we take it out how do we take it out efficiently how much do we need Um, so holly you know that that's what most people want to avoid is once they get that mindset of being retired that's probably the last thing they want to do is to go back to work some people may have to but coming up with a plan giving you that peace of mind that goes back to our I think our previous episode where that's essentially what we sell is, is a service and it's a peace of mind and I'm not selling anything tangible neither are most advisors anyways, but if we can create that plan and you look at it and go, okay, so we're going to be fine. Yep. You're going to be fine. And then some, uh, that's a, that's a great feeling.
1: Awesome stuff. Well, we appreciate the questions again. If you have something you want to send in for Ryan to answer on the show, please do so. Blackoakam.com is the website. We will do that on future episodes. So send them in. Uh, now if you have them, but also if you want to talk directly about something specific, you can do so with Ryan at 470 And you can also schedule your retirement coach 360 session online right now at blackoakam.com. Well, we're asking a bunch of questions today, Ryan. So I'll ask you one more before you get out of here. It's a little getting to know you. Okay. I don't know if you eat much fast food. You're an athlete. I'm sure you take care of yourself. you, you you've done it your whole life, but do you have a favorite fast food restaurant?
0: fast food so yes i'm not a big eater of you know the mickey d's the burger king the wendy's do i occasionally go there because my kids have not been fed and we're heading to practice yeah every parent kind of falls into that trap sometimes but there's probably two that stick out and being in the state of georgia if i don't say chick-fil-a um i think that's sacrilegious if i don't say chick-fil-a but they're a well oiled machine. I just, I appreciate their processes because they're hiring the same high school kids that McDonald's does. Um, sorry to knock certain McDonald's, but I've had very different experiences between the two uh, restaurants. Mm-hmm. And Chick fil A is a well oiled machine, they train those uh, employees up. It's just a different experience. It, it just a hundred percent different experience, and their food's great. Uh, so we love that. My kids love it. My other one that's that's right there with it, and it's not good for you at all. But my kids <laughs> love it too. Is Panda Express? Oh, really? I, wow. I don't know why I love that place. It's really good fast food <laughs> for for Chinese <laughs> food, but um, I don't know why. I like that's my like once a month kind of thing where I just get just bloated from sodium. Um, but I love it. I'll do it like once a month. It's like my little treat for myself and I feel terrible afterwards, but I love it. I don't know why.
1: That's interesting. I, I don't think you'd hear that answer a ton. No, no offense to Panda Express, but But right. But yeah. But to your point about consistency, that is such a big deal. Like I, I think um, about, I go to Dunkin' Donuts from time to time to get coffee. I've mm-hmm. done it less now, but all are the same thing, right? A, a medium or a large iced coffee. I used to do it with, with one Splenda and like a splash of skim milk, just a little bit. I don't like it to be really, really heavy on the dairy. Mm-hmm. And I could get it one place and it'd be completely black and go the next place and it'd be completely white. And it would absolutely (laughs) drive me crazy that I didn't know what I was going to get. It was the very simple, straightforward instructions every single time. But Mm -hmm. it's such such important to be consistent with what you're producing in any industry. Absolutely.
0: You know exactly when you go to certain establishments, you know exactly, exactly to a
1: T what you're going to get. I don't want Chick-fil-A today for lunch. No. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. All right. We're not recording this on a
0: Sunday, so yes, it's open. It
1: is open. Indeed. All right, let's get out of here right on that note. I appreciate your time as always. Perfect Game Retirement. You can find us on any podcasting app you choose to listen on. Please follow, subscribe, wherever it is. Share the word, too, if you enjoy the show and, and think a friend of yours or a family member would enjoy it. Please let them know about it as well, and you can find everything, every episode as well, posted online at blackoakam.com. Brian, thanks for the time. Take care. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoyed it.
0: Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more
1: about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement.